The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. This is Homeboy88 for the Video Game Connection. Join us weekly for the most entertaining video game podcast you'll ever hear. Join Ivan, Big Tom, and myself as we review the latest games, up-to-date gaming news, and game previews all in comedic form. It's a jam-packed hour of ear fun with our own video game rap songs. Listen to the Video Game Connection wherever you listen to podcasts, except Walmart, never Walmart. Keep gaming and keep listening to the Video Game Connection. That's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, so sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! First I lean, then I rock my time. First I lean, 
then I rock. I said, first I lean with it, then I rock with it. I got a candy apple drop with a glass in it. Because I'm cruising down the street in my six four. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my six four. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my six four. Docking the boot. For seven Cadillac goes coming down on the candy with them swingers in them boats. But I got love for the West Coast. Oh, so I suppose I'ma head out to Cali, the land of the low lows. Touchdown in LAX, and I don't need no car. Robert Gino picked me up with the bud in the bar. In the hood, I'm a star, so to the hood, I'ma go with Mike Jones and Snoop Dogg. And they already know that I get love from the B's, love from the C's. Mexican, Asian, and Samoa OGs. Throw it up when they see me and holla, hey, bun. When I'm coming out of solar. That's a great one. You might see me out Long Beach or maybe Pasadena. Inglewood, I E O West Coast, Vina. A Southside riding with the homie Big Tune. Car hopping, top dropping. So get a key room when I'm cruising down the street in my six four. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my six four. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my six four. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Snoop Dogg, big Snoop Dogg in a yellow parasini with two girlies in the back in they crib blue bikini, shaking and they jumping 'cause the deuce keep bouncing, tipping, whipping, the ass steady dipping, candy paint dripping, and the exos what I'm sipping as I shake like a dice game, cold as the ice age. Mike Jones rocking like a Rolling Stone and Snoop Dogg going boop boop right to the bone. Yeah, them Cali boys, we love them low lows. And real car club members bang they logos and take photos. See, everything is fine. I'm in the 64 or 60 tray or 59. I love my car like I love my wife. See, low riding ain't a sport, it's a way of life. On the real though, I tell you how I feel though. If you see me in the fall, quick be real slow. Yeah. Cruising down the street in my six four. Hello, I'm Homeboy Giovanni, and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're gonna put bumps in seats and ears to the streets, and now here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Tim Littman. Low riding is not a sport, it's a way of life. It's like building a car from scratch, you understand me? You gotta put the fresh paint on it. You gotta put the mustard and mayonnaise, that's the tires, you understand me? You gotta put Push the chrome theory. on it, gold on it, you understand me? Or Jimmy T for that matter. Marcos is back once again, but he's a gunner of doom views, apparently. Oh, <laughs> and he's always evil, and he tells everybody to stay evil. Jeff Lippman, welcome to the extra. What's going on, man? What's up, BPT? <laughs> big push dog big push dog <laughs> big push dingo <laughs> big push dingoes they are dogs as a matter of fact are we going to get the big push theory or is it going to be just one big bang theory if you know what i'm saying i don't <laughs> but yeah i think we're gonna get a big i think we're gonna get a big push i think there's gonna be a successful cash in yeah you think so don't they have to? I mean, your two top guys are part-time. Then then arguably your other two top guys after that, Edge and Orton, are part-time. <laughs> you have uh, you got Cody who was they were building to be your big guy is out for another 3 or 4 months. So 
you know, what, what choice do you have? I mean, you, you just gave Bobby Lashley, who could be who could be your headliner, the U.S. title. I mean, not that that's you can work around that, but they don't and won't. Um, right. I mean, you can always stick almost in there, but he's still green. So, yeah, I, I think they have. To, I mean, why not give the belt to, the, the easiest way in the world to make someone convincing is to give them titles. The easiest way for someone who doesn't look on the outside like they're meritorious or good enough to get a title is to have them win through money in the bank. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still, like I said, I'm still reeling after yesterday's great event. And yeah, I live. Talking it. to you, live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but when you think about it, when you look at the card deep down, there wasn't like the big stars. When you think there was no Brock Lesnar, there was no Roman Reigns, there was no AJ Styles, there was no even Kevin Owens. I mean, we can go on and on. There was quite a few that weren't actually there, but. The, the guys and girls that were actually still booked on the show, I mean, shit, man, they they pulled a great one. And, and I just want to say, I, I've also heard that Mr. Nick Khan was sitting in the front row, this whole pay-per-view or premium live event, shall I say. I heard the same. Um, I, that's why everyone was working their asses off, if you know what I'm saying. It, it may well be. Um, listen. I don't know what style of wrestling he likes or if he likes wrestling at all. Uh, so I'm not sure what he was looking for if he was, you know, just there because, you know, it's Vegas. You're in Vegas. He should be at the show. True. Demetrius Pontikas in the chat says, I hate that theory is getting this push. I still think he's very raw and not ready for it. I'm not a fan. I beg to differ, Jimmy, actually. <laughs> I think he's, for, for a guy that's only 24 years old, he's pretty good, man. And like I said, I don't know. Personally, I've been following him pre-WWE, and I always saw something special in him. And he's only a kid, but he can really hold his own. He's, he doesn't come across as, as, like, scared in front of the headlights. You know what I'm saying? He can perform in front of a big crowd. He can talk. He's, I think he's pretty well-rounded at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think he's raw. He's, he's been wrestling for, what, six or seven years now? He he's, has. He was wrestling before he was even 18. So the guy, you know... What he didn't have before was the young. character, the confidence in character. And he got That's that right. through the way. So, you know, and he, and he found the goofy comedic character, sort of like the lovable dunce. Uh, and and now he's he's got the cocky chicken shit heel, which is a great thing to pull off. So I, I, I don't I disagree. And, uh, you know, I don't know what he's talking about because, uh, you know, some people either got it or, the, or they don't. There's not a whole lot of Seamus's that sort of after 15 years, it just, just everything clicks. Or Bobby Lashley after 20 years, like everything clicks. Exactly. After 20 years when you really think yeah. about it. I mean, you have more the rocks or randy orton or mjf that they just always sort of have it and they get you know they get better or they get stale but they still have it now you're right you, i agree I with you 100 now i agree with him that i don't view him as a world heavyweight champion but that's exactly what money in the bank is supposed to make up for because you're going to get it in a cheap chintzy way you know when somebody's got the crap knocked on of them you run in and you you take advantage but then once you have a title people believe that you have a title nobody nobody thought the miz should be the champion 
But once he had the title, now he's a three-time champion. Nobody, nobody would look twice. Two-time Grand ever. Slam champion, yeah. mind you. Two-time yeah. Grand Slam champion. Yeah. And and, and and also nobody looks funny when the Miz only holds his title for two weeks. No big deal. It is what it is. Oh, well, he's earned his place now, man. Absolutely. And he used to be. Actually, well, Jimmy says that's a good point, Jeff. So there you go. That's <laughs> right. You are you are you are my favorite, Demetrius. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, uh, where were we? We were talking about just then before that. How handsome I was. We were talking about that. How handsome you were. I just lost my track of thought. It's like but, a never-ending um, conversation. Yeah, it is. Look, I think the future is looking pretty bright for the next generation of up-and-comers. I mean, look, when you think about it, you've got Theory, you've got MJF, uh, you've got a few others that I can't think of from the top of my head, but I think it's pretty bright, you know, going towards the future. I think the next generation can really step up. I mean, they're stepping up even now at a pretty young rate. I mean, if he does win any championship if we, i think he's the youngest ever u.s champion right Am that's I what right, they said, yeah right so that would also make him the youngest ever wb champion or universal champ right that i'm not sure about i mean wasn't it the rock then randy orton so i don't know how old they were i i think that randy orton got the heavyweight champion at 23 so i thought it was 24 that he got it uh, whatever it is theory is already 24 so i guess we'd be talking about months and days at that point um right i don't know i we might just find out. He he also could be a botched. I mean, he's 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 sort of got close to nuclear heat, but the right kind of heat, not like Baron Corbin heat. Though anything with yeah. Pat McAfee, you know, you want to see Pat McAfee beat up Baron Corbin. So even that's sort of working. I mean, don't get me wrong. As soon as Baron Corbin is is pivoted off to someone else, it's going to be back to go away heat. Um, but it's it's an interesting point you made that I was thinking about. I mean, first of all, you were going you know cross promotions, which is not something that most people do, so kudos to you. But the other thing is, I'm still going to go that there's still more headliners and main eventers that are in their mid-40s than there are in their mid-20s. So I'm not well, really sure. That, uh, I, I'm not sure that the next the, the next generation of wrestling looks particularly bright, especially on the men's section. I mean, because women, it, it's a young woman's game for the most part. For, for men, it's not anymore. And because I think the wrestling itself is sort of slowly atrophying, um, I actually am, am bearish on no matter who and how good they are, the, the, the future for professional wrestlers. Well, you also got Bron Breaker, for example. I mean, I think, I think, I think he's the most overrated person in, in wrestling right now. I mean, is he, are you calling him overrated because he's kind of like overhyped? Well, yeah. I mean, everyone's like, he's so great. No, he's not. He's okay. He doesn't cut a good promo. He, it, it's the, uh, he's, look, got, he's got one note. He can't, he right, can't he's act. Dead. Yeah. But his, his, it was a different era, and his, his dad always had people around him. His, he first had Eddie Gilbert. He had Sting. Mm. Then, then he had his brother. He was with Kevin Sullivan. I mean, so, you know, they used mouthpieces back then. Like, you know, Braun Breaker as a heel with I don't know, even like in a goof like Robert Stone or if Malcolm Bivens was still there or Zelina Vega, if they bring her back as a mouthpiece or an evil Alexa Bliss as a mouthpiece, that could work. But him talking kills everything. As a wrestler, he's good enough and it'll only get better. But it's like people act like he's six foot four, 285. He's not. He's like six feet, 
240. He's he's a big guy, but he's not gigantic. He's muscular, but he's not like Bobby Lashley. It's like it's there. There's nothing superstar about him. There's I, I see him as a 15 to 20 year veteran that will have Sheamus moments. Well, that's still a pretty decent run. Actually. It's a great career, but that's that that's not a franchise. That's what I'm saying. People are people are acting like Braun Breaker is going to be the franchise, the face of the business for the next ten or fifteen years. I just don't see that. I'm not saying he won't have that. a good career. Quiet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I think he'll be a main event player. Like when his time is coming. I mean, he's still young. At the end of the day, I mean, he's look. The thing that's that's going for him is his look. No doubt about it. I mean, look at him. Right, yeah, sure. He's not Bobby Lashley, and he's not Brock Lesnar. He's not Will Ospreay or Okada. Well, he's definitely not that because he's much bigger than them, <laughs> clearly. But uh, look, he's but in many ways, you're right. He's no Okada or Osprey for that matter, right? But even Osprey, it took him many years to actually change his style because he was a very reckless wrestler. Well, he broke his, his neck. First... He sort of had to. Well, yeah, no, but he's actually transitioned pretty well. Considering he never really wanted to, but I think he's finally understood, you know, less is more sometimes instead of just fucking running 100 miles an hour and doing Flip City, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. unfortunately, that's today's professional wrestling in many ways, but it is what it is. But let's get into some news, actually, Jeff. Let's do it. As, um, because that's what the extra really is all about. As we get a list of producers from last night's Money in the Bank, apparently. We had a report on who produced what matches for the show. And this is the list. We had Tyson Kidd, Molly Holly, and Kenny Dykstra. I didn't even know, realize. Is Kenny Dykstra part of WWE as an agent? Oh, clearly. <laughs> Jeez, I, I didn't even know. Me anyway, that. yeah, that's trippy because we never heard about it. But uh, for anyone that doesn't recognize the, the, the name, Kenny Dykstra, uh, I'm sure you don't want to remember what he was part of. If you remember the Spirit Squad, he was pretty much the most obnoxious one in many ways. Yeah. But yeah, I guess he's actually an agent. But anyway, they produced the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, which was won by Liv Morgan. Um, and the match that Bobby Lashley defeated Theory to become the new US champion, this was produced by Adam Pearce. Funny Good job, enough. Good, good job Scrap Daddy. Yeah, I guess so. Um, also, Sh uh, Sean Davari produced Bianca Belair's successfully defending the Raw Women's Championship over Carmella, and Michael yeah. Hayes produced the Usos match. Really? Which, and the, yeah. How, how surprising is that, right? Well, I mean, if somebody should know tag team wrestling, I guess it's, it should be Michael Hayes. And it showed. And then uh, the Ronda Rousey uh, defeating Natalia match to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. This, What? This was produced by Petey Williams. Yeah, okay. I could see that. Pete, did you know Petey Williams was, was an agent in WWE? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually never realized. I didn't even know. Yeah, I, I also, we reported on Hammerlock Hangover. It happened a few months ago. He, he left his role as a wrestler at Impact to become a producer at WWE, which tells you once again, Impact doesn't pay squat. You know what's funny? Like, uh, what... This is what confuses me about the world of professional wrestling sometimes, right? These guys, as wrestlers, hmm? WWE wouldn't even look twice at them, really, right? Honestly, they wouldn't give a shit about Petey Williams, the fucking midget version of Scott Steiner at one point. Mm -hmm. they, I, I hate the fact that they've got Abyss 
but they don't actually bring him out in at least one rumble. Like that would be great. I'd love to see that, right? But unfortunately, we won't see it. Maybe who knows one if day. He can move now, there's, there's, oh, he's I mean, fucked. There's not that many people who are six foot six, you know, three hundred and seventy pounds who who in their forties can still move. That's a yeah, good point. I do think he would have been a big deal if uh, WWE signed him, say, around 2006. I think he just would have looked like a discount cross between Mankind and Kane. And Kane, is, that's exactly is what, what he was. what I always thought he was, which is why I never liked Me too. Absolutely. I've always said the same thing, dude, because he really is that. But he kind of made it into his own, though, at the same time. You know what I mean? It was very much Kane and Mankind, but make no mistake about it. His, but a his, more deranged his version of was when he was playing his own twin brother and they were doing that. that, uh, that Joseph Parks? Yeah. Oh, God. You know what he reminds me of? You're going to laugh at this. And I'm I'm really way off, but I don't understand why I think this. But does he remind you of Mish in a way? <laughs> well, Mish will tell you that uh, Abyss reminds him. I mean, like, there were times back, I don't know, probably five, six, seven years ago, in the early days of, of watching Wrestling Soup, when Abyss was still listening to Wrestling Soup, when Abyss was still uh, an active wrestler, that Mish would say that people would see him around and they'd say and ask him for his autograph and think and pictures. Oh, and really? He was oh. Abyss. Yeah. <laughs> no so, shit. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. well, that's funny because that's I don't know. He's always giving me like the Mish vibes. You know, it's funny. Well, so, I, 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 I think Mish would agree with you at least at times in their lives. Yeah. That's you know, it's interesting. Have they ever met before? I don't know. I've never seen them in the same place at the same time either. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, shit. Mish is a tall guy himself. I mean, how tall is he, man? Like six five or something? Uh, he's six six and a half, I think. Oh, there you go. They're pretty similar heights, almost on point. Funny enough. Um, yeah. So that's interesting mm. that all the TNA rejects are pretty much there, and Shane Helms and Jamie Noble also produced the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Which was won by theory. Good so, on them. Uh, yeah, we, Any yeah. injury report coming out of the show? So far, I'm not sure yet. We'll, um, I'll keep checking. Um, what happened after last night's Money in the Bank went off the air? We pretty much, well, some say match made official, apparently off the air. What which, match? Uh, sorry? Which match? I'll tell you now. The main event of last night's WWE Money in the Bank premium live event saw Theory win the 2022 men's Money in the Bank ladder match. By defeating Drew McIntyre, Omos, Riddle, Sami Zayn, Seth freaking Rollins, Madcap Moss, and Sheamus. Immediately following last night's WWE Money in the Bank premium live event, Theory cut a promo and celebrated his huge win. He then called out 16-time world champion John Cena when he said his time is now and he's the best in the ring. Theory lost the WWE United States Championship to almighty Bobby Lashley earlier in the night. And prior to the main event getting underway, WWE official Adam Pierce made his way out and announced that Theory had been added to the men's Money in the Bank. La- All right, match. early prediction. Cena's going to beat him, and they're going to do the same thing they did last night. He's going to cash in successfully at SummerSlam. No, you know they're, what I think They're going to kill him in a match, and they're going to rehabilitate him in a cash-in. In the same night? In the same night. Well, I personally think he's going to Roman be They're going to beat the crap out of each other, just like Sammy saying he was insuring against. Right. And by the way, well, that's going to be where they turn on Sammy because he was supposed to insure against it and he failed. But yeah, true. you got two part timers. 
Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I actually think he's going to act like he's going to cash in and like pretty much tease everybody to the point where everybody's going to really hate his guts. And I'm talking about the whole roster at this point. Like he's going to cash in, but then he changes his mind. Like, nah, I won't cash in yet type of shit. You know what I mean? And tease it oh, for I'm a long time. Sticking to my prediction. You heard it here, PWC Universe. Right. And wherever else this show runs, you got it right here first. Of course, my my two uh, scenarios for Money in the Bank with my Riddle and Brock have both fallen apart. So, hmm. you know, so much for my early predictions. They're, they're, they're wrong much more often than they're right. <laughs> well, we also get official Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Yeah, and then isn't Logan Paul versus The Miz also basically official? Um... I don't think so yet, actually. I'm just looking. It, it will be no, by tomorrow night. Yet. Miz will accept tomorrow night on Raw. I mean, bam. Yeah, you know what, man? The more I think about it, the Miz needs to get casted to play Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat, dude, because that's what he is. <laughs> I, I'm not watching any more Mortal Kombat movies. I watched the last no, one. No, no, but really, think about it. Don't you think? Doesn't the Miz remind you of Johnny Cage when you think about it? I don't know the characters in Mortal the Kombat. A-lister. You're completely oh. asking the wrong guy. Okay, well, yeah, check it out. You understand what I mean. I'm not um, going to. <laughs> now, there's apparently news on WB's cryptic vignette that aired last night, and who it likely represents. I think we both know it's Edge, but let's see what the dirt sheets have to say. Because at last night's WB Money in the Bank, a mysterious right. vignette. We need a segment. Music. We need a segment called Let's Go to the Dirt Sheets with some Let's little like music. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking to the go to the dirt sheets. To the dirt sheets. <laughs> dirty sheets. Like that yeah. Music, you know? It's like, yeah, pal. You work yeah. on that. You're the DJ. You can make this happen. <laughs> Let's go, everybody. <laughs> Start to that. To that dirty sheets. So anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> Ooh. do this, do that. Come count with me. Anyway, uh, we get the mysterious vignette Ed teasing either the debut or return of a wrestler. Imagery included gold medals, taped glasses, a license plate that appeared to read Latino hit. And the Hardy Boys armbands are crow and a cross. Now, before I keep going, because apparently the speculation online has centered around this vignette being for either Gable Stevenson, wrong, Bray Wyatt, unfortunately, right. or Edge, and that's the thing. <laughs> and according to multiple sources, the plan is for, for it to represent Edge and all of the elements above symbolize some of Edge's greatest ad adversaries, such as Christian, hence the cross, correct? Mm -hmm. The Hardys, and then the Dudley Boys, Kurt well, Angle. The, the cross and then also the could have been Triple H. Who? But did Edge and Triple H... Well, Triple H used to always criticize Edge in real life about not being, you know, a, an A-lister, shall I say. So nothing more than a B-plus player. Still an adversary. Yeah, true. And Christian's not really an adversary, true, when you really think yeah, about Chris, it. So. Christian's name might be Christian, but he never used the cross as part of his gimmick. No, but uh, his name, H though. always had so that, think about that, 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 like, Templar cross as his thing. No, you're right. I, I agree. But you can easily go the other way, too. I mean, 
You could See, go I don't a bunch of ways. I mean, the Texas, the Texas license plate that said Latino Heat, but Texas is also the Undertaker. See, right, but why? Yeah, and Edge has had way more of a history with the Undertaker than Eddie Guerrero. Let's be honest. That's the only one that sort of leaves me a little confused. I'm telling you, I'm just, I think it's just supposed to take you on the timeline from the beginning to the end, which was Jeff Hardy. I mean, it, not just that. The timeline is actually interesting that you bring it up because – Think about it, the rated R superstar and Edge in particular sort of started taking off late 2005 around where Eddie actually passed away. Is that what they're symbolizing, though? I think Eddie passed away a year after Ben, a year before Benoit did, which was more like 2007. No, two years, two years, two years. He died in 05, November 2005, and uh, Benoit, you know, done what he did in 2007. I, I, I'm not sure about that, but I mean, I, I don't see any need to focus on the rated R superstar era. Edge was around a decade before that or close to it. I, I no, just... I know, but I'm trying to put together the the Eddie Guerrero fucking hint. Like, what's that got to do with Edge, really? Uh, maybe Eddie was one of the big stars. Maybe they had a, a rivalry we don't remember. Maybe it was one of his favorite no. opponents. I, I don't no. know. Maybe that, there was that's... no rivalry between them two. Not that I freaking remember. I mean, it would have been memorable to me. If anything, I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, didn't they didn't they both mash around with you know hang around Vicky Guerrero? Wasn't Edge doing the kissy face with her before okay. Al Ziegler was? If, if yeah, absolutely. If that's the symbolism, then okay, that that kind of makes sense. But wouldn't you put Vicky? Nobody wants to put Vicky, and Vicky might be under contract to another company. Which uh, so I, I don't right. know. That I, I have stop no them. I mean, look at. Brian yeah, Danielson and Chris Jericho and the Big Show appearing to say thank you, Mr. Cena. I think it's different when it's unilateral that way, but I, I don't know. You're right. I, I just think it's a timeline as to the like the biggest stars. You you have you have uh, Triple H, Kurt Angle. You go to Eddie Guerrero. Uh, you have the, the the Dudleys, and then you go with the Hardys, and that sort of takes you to you know everything else makes sense, no doubt about it, including Triple H. Like, and, and frankly, you know, the spooky part of it could could have been a reference to the Fiend or or, or whatever. I mean, didn't did, did Edge and the Fiend or, ever face? or the Brood? It could be the Brood too. Sure, yeah, the whole thing. So, I was say, listen, this is a WWE production, so it doesn't mean that everything needs to make exactly logical sense. He's Edge is the only one that makes sense. He's under contract. He's been off TV. They need to repackage him in some way because he was he formed the faction and then the faction turned on them three weeks later. Right. Nothing made sense. He's been calling people, the fans, sheeple, but they need to bring him back as a face. So, so silly. What, unless it's someone new, this is I mean, all that makes sense. Be? Believe me, I would rather be someone new but who would it be? The friggin' Taskmaster from from Marvel <laughs> Comics, who who has or the, the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan, <laughs> <laughs> the no, Dungeon of Doom, I, baby, they're back. I'm all about the Dungeon of Doom. I mean, <laughs> all I wanted was the Firefly Funhouse to come back to oh, all the oh, puppets, all of the puppets to have like had wrestler characters. Like that would have given something <laughs> to, like Kevin Sullivan Raleigh and all those boobs <laughs> to have jobs. You know, like <laughs> Mercy comes back as the vulture. Oh, Waylon Mercy. Yeah. You have the squirrel. Jeez. That could have been his brother, Bo, Rambling <laughs> Rabbit. I mean, um, believe. 
Yeah, the whole, the whole thing. I mean, it, it just, oh, just would have been it just would have been great wrestle crap. It would have made me so happy. Maybe I might have been the only person in the world happy about it, but that's all I care about is me. So, well, looking at the guy that was sort of depicted in the in the vignette, he did look a little bit chunky, did he not? Well, he was wearing a big bulky leather jacket. But if you look at the hands, a bit of a waist, they, weren't, they weren't meaty fingers. Mm. You know what? Uh, I could try to break it down right now, but forget it. The, the only other person know. that would make sense is Kane. So, <laughs> oh no! Look, it's Edge. There's no doubt about it. I'm just wishing, I guess, and it's wishful thinking. I'm just hoping it's someone else. All right, but it's why, 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 why don't you pick one dark horse? The only other one that makes sense, but doesn't really make sense because of all the characters that were sort of said in that vignette is really Bray Wyatt. Yeah. It's the only other one. Otherwise, I can't like. Here, here's here is my dark horse of all dark horses. It's going to be a Chimera character that has traits of all of them, like the Taskmaster from Marvel. I have no idea who that wrestler is, but there's someone out there that they could put and and ha have them be a copycat of all those. Which it's not that it's Edge. No, that's it. It is. I just wish it's not, but it's Edge. But see, I feel. WB's playing a risky sort of game here, man, because it could backfire because people might be expecting they, something else, you know? They don't They don't care. Okay, I guess, but we'll, yeah. We'll I, I mean, how many things have they built our anticipation to, to for it to turn into nothing, dating all the way back to twice Emelina? <laughs> true. No, you're right. That's, that's true, man. Um, yeah. I'm just seeing if there's any injury reports. Uh, any I don't see any man to be honest. Well, there's with you. one injury report that's not while you're looking at money in the bank that Adam Cole's concussion has been revealed to be very serious. Which, as somebody really? put on Twitter in a in a jokey, not funny way, if they're admitting it's very serious, he's probably in a coma. Um, but, oh well, true. <laughs> but he, but he's, he actually he actually tweeted something. Thanks to everyone for their support. So I guess he's going to be gone now for God knows how long. We won't even have a timeline i guess because you know how concussions are well yeah you never well, be yeah you don't know how concussions are i mean it, it could be anywhere from a you know a few weeks to permanent i i don't know i don't know i don't know how, bad, how badly his brain was well uh you know scrambled and that's the thing with rhea ripley she said she had brain surgery but most yeah, likely that's strange. just to get i mean it's probably not surgery surgery it's probably to get to drain fluid which is surgery, but it's not what you think of when you think of brain surgery. Right. I mean, that's just they take it out and then you just wait for the skull to heal, which which heals pretty. I mean, they just put a needle and so it, it heals pretty quickly. So, well, on other news about and this news is more specific to Jim Ross and Vince McMahon, but good old JR says that Vince McMahon kept trying to find a reason to bring the Hulkster brother back right. to WWE. So apparently AEW announcer and senior advisor, good old JR, Jim Ross, recently took to his Grilling JR podcast and talked about the relationship between WWE Hall of Famer Hulk Hogan and WWE Chairman Vincent K. McMahon. And how Vince McMahon kept trying to find a reason to bring Hogan back as well as how McMahon kept trying to recreate the idyllic relationship they once had. Maybe want to, yeah, pal, I'm going to fuck oh, the Hulkster. Gee, it's a bit weird. 
Well, Jim Ross goes on to say he spoke about how he felt bad for Vince Man because he really wanted his relationship with the Hulkster to go back to what it w once was, apparently, according to JR. Vince kept trying to recreate the dynamic that Vince had with Hogan. Hence, all he saw was second chances, next starts, and Hall of Fame. Here's another reason we can bring him back, etc., etc. Vince kept trying to recreate the idyllic relationship they once had. They were not willing to say... We can never have it the way we used to, but we can have it better than what we had before. So if we both tried, that was always where the Jew was out. As this was going to, even if it was going to work out, are we going to get to where we want to be? Is somebody in this equation willing to compromise something? That was what the issue was, compromise. Because when you get to compromising and you change things, the talents say, well, the compromise is making me weak, but you have to give it a chance. If a glass is always half empty, it's always going to be half empty. So you have to look at it differently. So I felt bad for Vince at times because he really wanted the relationship to get back on somewhat of an even kill. It may not be what it used to be, but he wanted to make it better than what it was. And I'm not sure we accomplished that. Interesting. What do you think, Jeff? I don't really know what he's talking about because Hulk Hogan was on Legends Night and he was in Saudi Arabia within the last three or four years. So obviously they had some sort of relationship. I imagine it's about it was about money at the time. But once Hulk Hogan won that that libel lawsuit and got thirty one million dollars, um, probably the the money was no longer the issue. So all Vince has to offer to him is celebrity. And so unless and you can't make Hulk Hogan the focal point of your show any longer because, I mean, he's too toxic. So listen, by hook or by crook, I mean, both of these guys, I mean, listen, Vince McMahon, I know everyone, nobody really likes Vince McMahon and things like that. But Vince McMahon has repaired relationships, maybe not on his own, but others brokering has repaired relationships. Hulk Hogan has a trail of bodies behind him. I mean, I think his only remaining family friend from the old days is, are two are Jimmy Hart and one of the nasty boys. I mean, Nobbs. Ed Leslie, well, Brutus Sag, sorry. No, no, Nobbs, Nobbs, sorry. It's Nobbs. Yeah. Sabotated Nobbs. him. You know, uh, uh, Ed Leslie hated him. Of course, also Ed Leslie apparently stole hey, from him. him. Bubba the Love Sponge hated him. His ex-wife hates him. I and mean, those rumors at the point, Jeff. <laughs> It was what? I'm just saying. Yeah, so, I mean, Hulk Hogan's not... I, whatever. Who wants to see Hulk Hogan now? I mean, how how is Hulk Hogan interesting at this point in time? Yep, I think you're frozen there, Jimbo. Or you are frozen silence. Hi, everyone. Should I sing and dance? It's what a, the hell, man? I went, I got stuck in the twilight zone once again. Jesus Christ. That's right. And you were making like a joker, like hyena grin. You're like, yeah. <laughs> like I a want to eat you, little girl. <laughs> well, have you seen these pig floating around around the interwebs, Jeff? I have indeed seen it. Look, look, look at that. Look at Pat McAfee selling the injury. Good man. First of all, wasn't Money in the Bank running head to head with WV's Money in the Bank? They went afterwards. Relax. Those oh, UFDs so go there. for like 17 hours. What the fuck, man? Don't these guys want to fucking relax? I mean, what are they doing at UFC events anyway? It's, and what's going their, on over here? 
They like UFC. They're they're they Dana, what's his name? Dana White and Vince McMahon have like the most codependent relationship. They're like they're like the same guy. And uh and and WWE is a pipeline. This 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 is what WWE wants. They want to get MMA fighters, whereas you know, well AEW probably does too, but uh, they're just taking in a show. What what Jim Ross is doing with with Tony Khan, that's the interview. I I cannot imagine Mm -hmm. that. Jim Ross actually wants to spend private time with that dude. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't understand it either, man. But nevertheless, apparently these two hang out. But what it's I like find it, interesting—it's like having to spend time with like your grandson that you really don't like, but you, but you, you sort of obligatorily have to do it. You're like, pay me, Tony. <laughs> I need, I, I need some popcorn, Tony. But I, anyway, Jim, I'll, uh, I'll pay everything. I'll pay the way. He's like, Tony. We're in Las Vegas. You can get escorts anywhere you want to do the same thing. Don't you? Let's I go to the bunny you. ranch, Tony. Let's go to the bunny ranch. I want to be with you. <laughs> I want to be with you, Uncle Jim. Oh, no, Jesus. Good old oh, J.I. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what's funny? Apparently, Dana White and TK are actually good friends too, Jeff. Why not? Why, why, why wouldn't Dana White be friends with all of these people or pretend to be? They're, they're, they're all, they all serve the same function for him. Do you think Vincent Kennedy McMahon and Tony Khan are possibly friends? No. Uh, but I think that Vincent Kennedy McMahon I mean, and Pervez Khan might be friends. Um, I, but the, the most interesting thing of that is that Stephanie's sitting next to her dad after totally shiving True. him. Play True. the succession music. <laughs> yeah, I know. Funny, I could do that just right now off the bat, but I can't. No, look, to me, you, you I, can, it feels like a happy you're family. You're going to need to get that music because this story is going to continue for the next several months off and on. You're going to need to be able to play that music on cue. Do you think there's basically uh, trouble in the Bronx? Shall I say? What's the Bronx? What do the Dutch have to do? And I'm with not that? talking about New York City, right? It's Bronx. I'm talking about just like, you know, trouble in little China, right? Like, per se, it's just a. Uh, you said something smells rotten in Denmark. Is, is this what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, like that. Something along those lines. Basically, I, what I, I'm saying is, is there I, dramas I, in the yeah. family? Yeah. TNT is not the only one in those drama. Absolutely. I, there, there, there's there's <laughs> nice, some juicy stuff nice going there. Because right now, for the first time in her life, Stephanie has more leverage, but she's she's learned politics from both of her parents, especially her mother, and she knows to be seen with that, and she knows to bring him and have him close, so nobody thinks anything's going on. But she's there happy, and Triple H is, you know, she wheeled him in looking happy, and, and look who they brought. Pat. They love Pat. They love Pat. I'm surprised. They you love know. Pat. Do you reckon they're all screwing him too, for fuck's sake? I mean, Jesus Christ. Jesus, you turn everything into sex. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get worried with these with his family sometimes. I, 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 I am a little bit surprised that Adam Cole was not sitting on somebody's lap. <laughs> I'm not sure. Pick, pick any one of them there, except for Vince McMahon or Jim Ross, and I could see Adam Cole sitting on the lap appropriately. <laughs> Including Pat McAfee's. Listen. <laughs> Will the PwC pay for me to order a Lily doll on a Danhausen doll? Um, I won't be paying, but you could. I'm, 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 I'm seriously considering, and I want to have them behind me for all shows. How much does that Lily doll go for? You know what? It would be an actual collector's item in the future. 
I mean, as long as it's less than a thousand dollars, I'd say that's you know, I, I would say anything up to nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents is totally worth it. It should. Would you? It's really probably that, honestly, thirty-five bucks. <laughs> it's probably thirty-five bucks. Let's see. Let's be realistic. Unless, remember the Fiend mask that they brought out, limited edition, which was yeah. worth, I think a, a couple of grand, or if not, a bit yeah, more. I'm, just, I'm sure you could get it now for two hundred dollars, but or, or less. It's probably worth more money, dude. I mean, she. You know, it goes up in the future, dude. I mean, it does, depending on what it is. These are, these are maybe in thirty years. These are not collectible items. They're collectible if you never take them out of the box or whatever. But right now, mass produced. Right now, it's probably overstock somewhere. Damn, that's cold. But uh, overstock. Come on, dude. It was it was only limited numbers. Um, the limited uh, number is just something they tell you because they're selling to make you think you're getting something exclusive. Right, that could be a, the case. Also. A factory in China that can that can kick out five thousand th of those a day. Well, apparently they were handmade by a famous Hollywood. Uh, the original was, and I'm sure right. that there were some others that he made that would be limited that might have some value if you kept it in the glass case and never did anything with it, and there was a certificate oh, yeah. of authenticity. Just like there's one version of Starry Starry Night that's worth millions, but everyone has a freaking Starry Starry Night print on a coffee cup or a postcard or a print that they got a Bombay company or Pier One. Why are you such a prick, Jeff? I'm just Jesus telling you God. how the world is. <laughs> well, okay, there's a anyway. few things that are expensive for, for the 1% of the very rich. Everything else is mass-produced, and they try to make you feel like it's exclusive so you think that you can fool your friends into thinking that you're part of the 1%. Well, I'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. I mean, I, I, my favorite part of that is that guy at the end who's just smoking the cigarette, checking it out. I, <laughs> yeah. love, I, I love that guy. I, I'm obsessed oh, with him. Classic movie and shout outs to Sexy Time Kevin Panetta. But, uh, man, to be honest, I'd buy that for a dollar. No, I wouldn't pay any more than that. But anyway, you know what? It's been a slow news day, dude. I mean, there's not much to say, but get the world champion with money in the bank. I mean, what, 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 okay, what? let's talk about money in the bank. And, and isn't, and isn't this supposed to be news of the week? Well, yeah, news of the week, but because of money in the bank mm. and what came out of there, do we should we really be going back? I mean, we have a number one contender for the AW interim championship. We we know that the pack is going to defend his all Atlantic title against Umino in, in the UK. Okay. I mean, there's 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 news afoot if you want to look for it. All right, well, let's give out the Money in the Bank results from last night. Um, first, we started off with your women's Money in the Bank ladder match between Becky Lynch, Asuka, Lacey, Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Shotzi Blackheart, and Alexa Bliss. If you want a more in-depth, though, like uh, review of this in particular show, I suggest you go and check out the Money in the Bank review show that... Jeff and I did. Damn so right. Check that out on the PWC network. And we were both positive about it. We both graded very it. Very positive. Like a nine. Like a, like nine I, or above. Honestly, Jeff, honestly, I don't think, I don't remember the last time I gave a pay-per-view a nine. It's been a long time. Well, you, gave forbidden, you gave forbidden Door. Eight. I, I gave it an eight. Oh, is that right? I gave it an eight, not a nine. <laughs> eight, I've, I've done a few times, but nine, it's been a long time. To give something a nine, you know, it's got to be really good. And I'm not kidding when I say, and Jeff can vouch for me right now, Money in the Bank was very good. 
Like it was fun all the way through. I like so. it was only it was only six matches, but by God, these guys all worked their asses off. Yeah, not too much no filler. Doubt about it. And and if you didn't and and listen, don't watch the pre-show to increase your oh, your no. enjoyment because the pre-show was an absolute waste. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I didn't even bother. So yeah, but I will say the pre-show but, actually had more conversation between the panel than than recap. So even the pre-show was an improved format than usual. Still, no need to watch it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, you could, and yeah, it's it's actually quite like um, quite informative in terms of the conversation. But really, they're just sitting there talking shit anyway. But um, yeah, as I was saying, it was for your women's money in the bank ladder match. As we get freaking Liv Morgan winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. Is she still Liv Morgan or she just Liv? I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell she is. She could be Liv. She could be Morgan. Liv Tyler. Liv, <laughs> Liv Tyler. Morgan Liv. Live and let live. Yeah. I mean, shit. Um, anyway, but she wins and she is Miss Money in the Bank 2022. And then we move on to the next match, which we had for your WWE United States Championship, where Theory, your champion, lost to Bobby Lashley in an entertaining matchup, no doubt about it. And it, and Lashley becomes your new United States champion, which is weird, but uh, it is times. what it is. Three times. Three times. Three times. Three times. Not quite five, but definitely three. Uh, we had Belair, uh, Bianca Belair retaining her championship versus Carmella as she reclaims her Raw Women's Championship in another decent matchup, surprisingly. Yeah, it was fine. Um, and yeah, absolutely. And then we had the banger of the night, bar none, for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship as the Usos retain their undisputed Tag Team Championships over the Street Profits in a brilliant matchup. I mean, easily they're... I know everyone has seen this match a million times on television, but believe me, this match is the best one by far. Yeah, it, it was different. Possibly, it wasn't the same matches every time. No, no doubt. Absolutely not. And quite possibly a contender for match of the year in my book. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, the, the ending, I'm not sure that I really like the, the controversy at the ending. Right. But, I mean, I don't hate it either. It's I just don't know how they're going to top it. And we sort of, I, I sort of feel like this should have been the end of this story, not sort of the beginning right. of the next chapter. But yeah, the match was great. It was it was entertaining, action packed from from start to finish. And Absolutely. I was not looking forward to this match. Frankly, I feel like I, I had seen these Neither guys pair up in every way, shape, and form, and I was wrong. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. I love those type of matches where, I mean, we knew it was going to be a good match because it always is decent, but not this frigging good. This was on another level. See, I'm not a match but, um, guy. I'm more of a story guy, and and the characters in the story. And this one was played out, but the match here was so good that he was that good. Yeah, so. And I mean, they they painted a story even in the match, man. In every sense, mm -hmm. from the start even till the end, and after the bell, they were still like, you know, telling a story. And that controversy, I suggest you check out our review show. If you want to know more, yeah, definitely check out our review show. That was a excellent review show, and it's pretty positive. I, I mean, listen, you know, I'm not known for my positivity, but uh, you know, <laughs> necessarily. But yeah, we, we both enjoyed the show, and I've been listening to you know, I've been listening to a couple of recap shows since, and some were really negative, and and some were sort of along the lines that we were. But uh, 
I, I don't know that anyone Whoa. else did it in an hour even like we did and, and had our Please. usual banter. Yeah, no, we agreed to everything, really. I don't think we disagreed about anything when it yeah, came but, to but the I matches. I still beat you mercilessly, so there's still that. Oh, come on. What did you say? You beat me mercilessly? No. Teased you mercilessly. Oh, teased me. Mer of course you do. You always do. You're a bully. Right. I'll spray. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll spraying all over the Usos and the and the Street Profits last well, time. You've got you've got to find now. you have to find a pick like a gif of Osprey and one of a champagne bottle cork going up. So oh, when I say Osprey, that, that happens. Well, anyway. <laughs> I have so many good ideas. And by next, good I mean the terrible. Next, the next match was yeah, exactly. <laughs> the next match the next matchup was your SmackDown women's championship match between Ronda Rousey, your champion, versus Natalia. Ronda Rousey ends up retaining, but get this, we get Liv Morgan coming in to cash in her money in the bank briefcase, who ends up beating Ronda Rousey and becomes your new SmackDown Women's Champion. I mean, what can we say? Liv Morgan's your champ. I don't think she will have it for long. Heck, Charlotte's going to come back wanting her bout, Jeff. M more crying. All I know is more crying. That, 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 when she loses, she cries. Run. When she wins, she cries. When she talks about winning, she cries. All she does is cry. Um, I don't know who she's going to lose this title to. Charlotte is obvious. Ronda with the rematch is, is pretty obvious. But uh, we were speculating last night that maybe Ronda looked a little happy because she's like, yeah, this really isn't for me. Maybe yeah. I'll come back in a year or so. But, and I mean, that's the talk, Jeff. Apparently no. she's like done for now. That, that's fine because guess what? She's... She's not a celebrity anymore. It's it's it, it. The world has moved past her. She's she's like yeah, WWE doesn't need to from. pay her the Ronda Rousey, but the same kind of money she's paying they pay to like Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins for her. It's it's just it, women's wrestling just isn't the draw. And if she's not even going to put her all into it and and really embrace it, then it it's just it's just the roster spot. I'd rather them bring in three or four other. You know, sort of lower, you know, mid card women who can, like a, you know, a Carmella or something that you can move up and down the card at will. No, I agree. And uh, look, I think her first run was so much better than her last run, well, right now. It's just, I don't know what's wrong with her, but clearly, like you said, I don't think she, her heart's into it. She just doesn't want to be there, like you said. And I think she wants to attend her. Yeah, oh, who we Some, some, <laughs> you know, menopause maybe. Well, that nah, she's way too young for that. No, yeah, but no maybe postpartum. Right. I mean, listen, well, a maybe, lot of yeah. women don't like yeah, to be yeah, away from their, their their children, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If it's not something she wants to do, she's set for life. She doesn't. She doesn't need to. Yeah, no, that's true. I agree. Anyway, we move on to the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, which is also your main event, as we got Riddle versus Seth Rollins, Omos, Madcap Moss, Sami Zayn, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and Theory. And get this, Theory becomes your Mr. Money in the Bank 2022, and I guess we're off to the races with the big push Theory, as my handle says. And that was your Money in the Bank 2022 results. Like I said, I can't stress any more than how great this damn show was. And I suggest, if you haven't checked it out, go and check it out. I mean, it's a Mr. Must. McMahon taketh away, Mr. McMahon giveth. And you know what? Since uh, I just... Yeah, exactly. 
since I read out about um, Money in the Bank, I'm also read out the Forbidden Door results since it was the same week, right? Pretty much. Oh. Where is the Forbidden Door? And then Blood oh, and Guts, yes. the good guys won. But oh, I didn't yes, think he wasn't guts. happy with uh, Claudio Castagnoli for getting Matt Maynard to tap out. That was a fun match, yeah. too. I mean, I know that people were shitting on that. Some were. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, unfortunately for Santana, we haven't had any report on his injury that I've seen, which leads me to believe that it's, it looked bad, and no news is, in this case, I think, is not good news. Well, uh, before I do get to the um, blood and guts and forbidden door results, I just want to—I've got a little Kenny Omega tidbit, which will probably surprise you here, actually, Jeff. And what that he won't had to surprise say. me because I'm sure I already know. No, you—you you understand what I'm saying because I lately do. I feel like he's become almost pro WWE style. He's becoming a sports entertainer, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'll—I'll I'll go on and tell you why because AEW superstar Kenny Omega spoke about the current state of professional wrestling during his latest appearance on the CEO Gaming Twitch channel, where the former world champion states that he believes... (laughs) uh, He loves video games, Jeff, so that's what he's into. He actually enters tournaments and all sorts of stuff. But anyway, he believes storytelling has taken a backseat to physicality, and that talent needs to be careful so they don't continue to harm themselves putting on intense physical matchups. So he goes on to say, on the story he did with Hangman, and how storytelling has taken a backseat to intense physical wrestling, he goes on to say, and I quote, this is why I was confident doing everything throughout the Hangman story. That was a story about human lives. I feel as wrestling has progressed, it's become less about those a lot. If we just become physical vessels that are supposed to throw each other at the wall until everyone goes kaput and don't get up again, that's the kind of wrestling I, I can't do anymore. And when I have to know that it's time to pack it in, we're going there already. And there are people trying to convince you that those are the best matches and five-star matches. We have to be careful, though. He also got asked how today's wrestlers perform at a higher level than those in the past. But the character and storytelling was take is taking a backseat. He goes on to say, it's not to say that it isn't possible. I just feel the entire generation is gearing towards the one side of things. Now that the athlete in wrestling is of a higher level and there's less emphasis on character and physical appearance, as difficult as it as it is to be that athletic daredevil in the ring, we have so many gifted and natural athletes that it's actually the easier route. And also peak satisfaction for a lot of the fans is what they do get those storylines and when those storylines pay off. Maybe some fans have forgotten about that, but I would like to have the chance to remind them when I get back while hopefully still being able to deliver in the ring. Do you agree with Mr. Omega, Jeff? On one hand, right message, perhaps wrong messenger, because he's told stories before, but he's also one of the people who've popularized popularized exactly what he's criticizing. On the other hand, you have a man facing his own career mortality because of what he's done. Perhaps he's matured and is realizing that there's a lot of young, talented people out there or not so young, talented people out there who they're heading in my direction because they want to be me. And maybe they should maybe they w- should try to be Robert Roode or Dolph Ziggler. Um, so listen. Either way, I, I actually agree with the message. I, I, I don't think that, you know, there's a lot of 
exhibition matches and trying to and and get the holy shit chance and right. things like that. Um, so yeah, I I agree with whatever you're saying, but half of me snickers a little bit when it when it comes from him. Listen, I'm not absolutely you know I'm not unaware that he's been part of the multiple bullet club civil war stories and the golden lovers was some sort of story and and i think in his mind that stories are also in the ring like the trilogy with okada so his definition of storytelling might be so but the heel is changing though i've noticed yeah well heel heel kenny omega with don callis and all that was 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 good hangman page was a, was a story it was good so i mean he, he you know he knows what he's talking about I, I just think that he you know who knows maybe he wasn't in charge of the other stuff anyway uh, yes i do i do agree with him i just you know i'm a little bit skeptical about what what the reasons are but the reasons really don't matter if he's talking from experience his own experience and saying listen to me i'm not an old man i'm only 37 i i am you i'm one of you Listen to me. It, it, it's different than say Shawn Michaels saying it, who's you know fifty four or something. Yeah, true. Well, I've noticed he's been like his mindset is changing a lot, man. Like I feel like he's starting to stick up a lot for like Roman Reigns and WWE guys, and uh, it's kind of weird. I do know his contract is coming up in twenty twenty three, so I don't know, dude. I mean, it's been a promotion that's been doing just fine without him, and. Maybe the As fences it, have been mended. I mean, the ratings was down up until now. He, he, well, he hasn't helped the ratings. It was CM Punk that brought the ratings to this point. I mean, him as champion, they were, they were, they were stagnant. They, they, they weren't doing anything oh, special. That was, that was, that was getting a million more while Kenny was champ than the last friggin' few months. Mm, they were. I mean, get the ratings during his reign. If you look at all the spikes, you can you can attribute them. The ebbs and flows occurred during Kenny's reign, but you could see the ebbs were for Sting. Then there were ebbs for you know other particular people that came in. I don't think any of it can be attributed to to Kenny. What you can attribute to Kenny is Impact, who had a giant flow in the beginning and immediately gave back. So. I mean, you know, I, I, Kenny's not a draw. That, 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 that it is what it is. Um, but um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm also speculating that while fences seem to be mended between AEW and some of the people in New Japan, I think that maybe Kenny is the odd man out that he can never go to Japan again. And maybe he says, "Well, if I'm going to make the big money. It's going to be with the other guys. So I, I better start letting them know that I'm that, that I'm down. I'm down to clown." Mm, interesting. I would like to see him actually have his final run in WWE, to be honest. Just out of curiosity and see what happens, you know, whether they would push him well, or whether they wouldn't. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, they but can, I'm they can give him the AJ intrigued. push and, and AJ's 43. Yeah, I can so, see that. So AJ's got another three or four years and they can have a few years where they overlap. And, you know, Finn is probably, what, 41, 42. So they could have probably four or five years where they overlap and have some fun right. with that. Um you know, so yeah. I, Do you I, see it realistically happening? Because I've got a feeling uh, uh, that he, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually leaves. Listen, this video game is going is going to be a, the only thing that's going to save it from being a gigantic failure is that the AW faithful who play video games will buy this game, but it's still oh, not going to make what it costs and three years of anticipation because video games just aren't that big a business. I'm, I'm just sorry they're not. 
Um, so he, he, I think he already sees the writing on the wall that that's going to be blamed on him. The, the Japanese female wrestlers have already sort of turned on him. The mm. AW is doing the same or better without him ratings wise. CM Punk is the, the top guy. If he comes back, Moxley's a top guy. Jericho's still a top guy. They're living fine without MJF. They have Brian Danielson, who hopefully will come back as a top guy. I mean, so the, the, the world has passed Kenny Omega by NAW over the last year. I I rarely hear anybody saying I miss Kenny. Every now and then I see a tweet with like twelve. Oh, I do see it. I see it, man. I don't know. Like and personally, I think they're better off with him than without him. I I think they're already cluttered enough, frankly. I'd rather see Malachi Black, Andrade, other people get chances at least to see what they can do. At, at the top. I don't know that there's any room for Kenny. Well, they haven't capitalized, but no, there's room for Kenny. There's no room for those guys that you mentioned because that's <laughs> what's going to happen. No, really. I'll tell you why. Because are they capitalizing? Right now, this is the chance to put someone new over, right? Since Claudia. we've got no... They, <laughs> they've been yeah, well, and I bet you he'll be booked to oblivion anyway in a few weeks, right? But my point is, you got Danielson out, you got Punk out, you got Kenny out, and who do they go with? They go with Moxley. Why not? He's safe. You ever see they're going back to the same guys, though? The same sort of you know group of guys. Yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. giving you a chance. Well, just wait for Moxley versus Jericho. <laughs> oh, please! We've already seen this shit. Like I, I, yeah, anyway, uh, at least Moxley is going to be feuding with the House of Black because Brody King won your your rampage Roy, rampage royal or royal rampage um royal rampage rampage to, to ring um battle royal and so brody king gets a shot at uh mox and dynamite which you know no one thinks brody king's gonna win it's just a question of whether house of black interferes before he eats the pin or after he eats the pin and and, and starts that feud which hey listen it's different and it's buying time towards punk's return so i you know listen i'm okay it's it's it, it's different, so that's that's fine. I guess so. Well, anyway, Tom will tell. And you got um, Miro you know, there. You got Wardlow there. You got yeah, And what are they doing with Miro? Sword. Well, that's what I'm Lucky. saying. This Kenny just Kenny immediately leapfrogs all those people. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Then it's going to be. That's why I'm saying like those guys are the ones that should be worried, and not so much Kenny. Well, I'm not saying Kenny should be worried. I'm talking about AW writ large. I mean, I, I would rather see Kenny go to WWE because that's yeah, fun. It's like, oh, another AW original goes to WWE, so WWE's forced to push him. And and you know, listen, that would I'm be not a sure big Kenny Omega is ever going to be able to come back. But if he is going to come back, it ain't going to be like the Kenny Omega you saw. It's probably not even going to be like the AJ right now. Yeah. Right, no, he said himself. I mean, he even said he's one more injury away from just calling it quits, pretty much. He'll have to wrestle more of a Dolph Ziggler style. He can do that. He can pull that off. I mean, yeah, and he's pretty yeah. much telling everybody, don't expect the Kenny that, you know, he puts a lot of pressure on himself, man. And I think he's getting almost stage fright because people expect him to be the same Kenny that, you know, we see all the time. What the one of your pictures fell behind you. Oh my God! It's the picture of the fiend. Uh, no, it's Roman Reigns actually. There you go. Oh, cash and guaranteed. Theory, your <laughs> new champion, guaranteed. <laughs> oh, please no, please. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's weird, dude. 
I didn't know that you had gravity. The work that I thought in Australia things fell up. That's weird, bro. Look, there's only two left. It's Okada and Moxley and Hollywood. <laughs> Okada! And, <laughs> and Hollywood Hogan, baby. <laughs> that doesn't work anyway, for me, Yeah, that don't work for me, brother. <laughs> that's why he was always up top for the for how many, for how long. But anyway, that's for another story. Don't we get a report. Brother. Absolutely. We get a report, Jeff, that Aya Shirai could be finishing up with WWE and heading back to Japan by the end of the month. Yeah, Where there's smoke, there's fire, Jeff. Is she gone? I think yes. I mean, her contract's running out. She, she's been hurt a whole bunch. She's been away from home. Her relationship with Evil ended. I think they were engaged and they did broke it, that did up. Did it end? No. Yeah, that's what I heard. I thought they were engaged and then I got corrected on Twitter it's by a bunch of people married, saying it's bro. over. She's even said so. Okay, I don't, I don't know. I haven't <laughs> seen that shit. It's cool, man. I thought they were married. I don't know. Whatever it is, her family is there. She hasn't been able to spend much time with them, and she's been hurt a lot. So, listen, she's a young woman. Maybe she wants to start a family. Maybe she wants to go back to stardom. I don't know. Maybe we will get the Lotus Triad back. Maybe. I mean, she used to kill it in fucking Japan, dude. So, whatever. It's a shame we didn't get to see her on the main roster. But it is what it is. Shit happens. Um, we also get a little tidbit that about Cody Cody Hall revealing his best advice he ever got from Scott Hall, and um, and whether or not that would be his. <laughs> He'd be like, "Hey y'all, you, you touch the drug, you'll get high." <laughs> but anyway, on wearing his father's WWE Hall of Fame ring, and this is on the Chris Van Fleet show. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, I mean, I would much rather have my father than than the ring, but it takes me back to all the memories, all the times. I wish that I could talk to him about LA and that I met you and stuff. I feel, and when he says you, he's meaning Chris. I feel that all the time, but when I look at this, at least I know that I have a part of him with me. Uh, Chris Van Fleet then asks him on stepping away from wrestling and recently making a return so he goes on to say, so I, like I said, wrestling can be a lot of things. It can be good. It can be bad. The highs are high. <laughs> I'm sure they are. And the lows are low. I felt like I kind of experienced both. I felt more of the lows. I had been living in Japan, so living abroad. It can be exciting, but also tough. I had some personal stuff too, along with living abroad. I was getting to 30, and even though I love wrestling and it's my passion, there are a few other things that made me happy, so I kind of thought about stepping away and finding other things in life. But the whole time, I missed it. I considered coming back, but then, of course, losing my father, seeing all the outpour and the love, seeing what I meant to people, remembering all those experiences that I had similar with the travel and meeting all of the people, it just made me appreciate it and uh, be part of me more. Um, on living up to his father's legacy. He goes on to say, yeah, I used to think that it was a burden to bear, but now I've been trying to see see it as my torch to carry. I am so proud my father was was uh, a great man who lived a great life. He did a lot of great things in his life. He lived a full life. So I'm very happy for him and very proud of him. But it is hard. Every show that I go to, people want to say such and such about your father. Oh, he was the coolest. He was the best. It's hard to live down 
it is hard to overshine him or step out of that shadow. So I always had like an inferiority complex about it. Like no matter what I did, it would never be good enough. And no matter what I did, people would never acknowledge it. It would always be about my father. So that was definitely a struggle for me. And it kind of still is. Um, On creating his own legacy, he goes on to say, I would say that I'm still searching for it. In my first couple of matches, I wore my father's old gear. I wore the dripping blood and I would go out there and hit the razor's edge. And it was fun. I loved doing my father's moves and liked doing an old Razor Ramon type match. But it definitely became hard every time people looked at me. They would think of my father. So this is the only this is only gonna make it worse. I'm not gonna come out and do his cha-cha or his fire and play into it because being an imitation is always like a losing effort from the start. Who am I trying to be is still up for debate still. Um, there's more, but there's a lot more. What do you think anyway of, of Cody Hall? I think this is the most that any podcast has ever spoken about Cody Hall, except for the Chris Van Flay interview of Cody Hall. Did you actually check that interview out? I actually saw no. it. It was actually quite good, man. He started crying pretty deep, but um, yeah, I don't it's a good. I suggest people check it out, man. He's a good kid. Well, I'm sure he's a good he's kid. A kid I've, I, I, I've never seen him wrestle. I've heard he's not very good at it. I'm sure that everything yeah, he said is exactly true. I have no issue with him wearing his father's ring. What That is exactly what a family heirloom is. And yes, I completely understand that he cannot outshine his father's legacy. He It'd be very difficult to do so, and I understand why he's feeling, and I understand why he went to Japan. But he's not relevant. Cody Hall is not relevant to wrestling, so I I have nothing else to say. Fair enough, Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Where the hell is this uh, forbidden door results? I have to go pretty back for considering it was like a week ago, pretty much just over. I mean, the um, only results of significance is that JY retained the title. Osprey retained his title. Mox defeated Tanahashi for the interim AEW title. And FTR is is uh, now holds the IPWG tag the title. IWGP. Right, right, right. The, the <laughs> Ring of Honor tag team titles and the AAA tag team titles. So they're thrice winners. Um, there was nothing else of significance that happened other than the show itself, which in itself was significant. And I'm not saying it was a bad show. I mean, there were things that were fun in it. They were just like a lot of AW pay-per-views, just too many goddamn matches. And they actually, they had four pre-show matches and I think what yeah. nine or 10 main show matches. There were 13 or 14 matches on this show. So, there were 16 matches, I think, all up. I think it was thirteen actually, because uh, was it thirteen with the with the pre-show? Oh, I, I think it was 16, so. But either you know, way, it was a lot. Yeah, so like six matches we had at Money in the Bank, and we had over ten. Years, so. was the surprise opponent for Zack Saber Jr. Not much of a surprise. That's it. There, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think there were any uh, particular tur- turns um, or. You know, I mean, I, I well, recommend people check it out, especially if you can see it over the course of two or three days and see it for free or something. But uh, I don't know, unless you really love for it, your dirt bags. Yeah, unless you really love Japanese wrestling or you have New Japan World. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, well, it, it was good. I'm glad I saw it, but I, I wouldn't say you have to rush out and see it. 
I liked it, but it was not as good as Money in the Bank. I have to say, the truth is the truth. I mean, Money in the Bank was actually the better show. It was almost five hours. That, it's too long. It's too much wrestling. But not to say that Forbidden Door wasn't a good show. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I gave it a solid eight. But, uh, yeah. Um, so we might as well finish it off with Blood and Guts results from Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Pizza. I've never had Little Caesars pizza. I don't think we have Little Caesars oh, here, man. Pizza's it's no a, good. I just like pizza. I pizza, love pizza. pizza. As a matter of fact, I've got a pizza looking at me right now from last night. But anyway, really? um, we, yeah, really. I love pretty good pizza, man. Lakeside Pizza in Melbourne, dude. The shit. I'm telling you. New sponsor. I should. I should get him. To, I've known him for years anyway. Lakeside um, is a very underrated band from the 70s. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, did they get thrown in the lake? They did not. They were from Chicago, Lakeside Drive. Well, but yeah, no, they're, they're, no lakes. <laughs> they did Fantastic Voyage, which uh, Coolio then made more famous. Ah, Coolio. Come along and ride on a fantastic <laughs> voyage. Slide, slide, slippity slide. <laughs> Oh, you man, I don't know, know if you, you, die. Do, you know the, the intro, I made that intro remix song, right, at the start of, of our show, right? And do, um, do, do, did, do. Did, did you realize who that was, what beat that was by any chance? I, I, I don't listen to the pre-show. You don't let me into the show until you're done oh, with can't it. Can't you hear it while waiting? I, I turn the volume, like, practically down to 10 until you oh, bring me okay, into the show. Right. Well, I want you to hear it and then tell me if you recognize it because you'll laugh if you do, like, recognize it. I remixed it and changed it around, but, yeah. Is it, is it <laughs> Nasty Pop is Dead? No, 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 no. It's, oh, put it this that, way, it's a, rest, it's a wrestler's theme that I remixed. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, but it's... Current or past? I've, current, current. It's absolutely current. Oh, okay. All right, but, so, but yeah, that's that's the game for you, right? Tell me if you figured it out, but you probably won't notice because Should I we do it, it on the air. All right, you know what? Yeah, I'll play it for a minute. All right, tell me if you if <laughs> if you can guess it. What promotion? Did you hear me make guesses? No, 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 no. I uh, didn't hear it. Swerve was my first guess. No. WWE. That's the other hint. It's the WWE. It's from oh, WWE. 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 Yeah. <laughs> You're going to laugh. If I play the actual song. Right. Yeah. That, I, 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 I masked it very well. Put it that way. Carmella. Yes. Good guess. <laughs> That's a great guess. How the fuck did you... That was a good guess. I'm Very a genius. good man. I'm a doctor. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. But see, I took out the vocals, obviously, from the Carmella. Yeah, clearly song. you took out the vocals. Yeah. I, yeah. 
But I mean, I was thinking who has a hip hop theme, and I was able to eliminate. Well, I mean, most of the WWE Man, could imagine eliminate. Fucking, that was a good guess, dude. I, I thought no way you. Oh, I knew it wasn't going to be anyone obvious, but I also knew that there wouldn't be a deep cut like Cedric Alexander. So yeah. I went with something that was that would be someone that I should know, but that you would think that I would never go with that does hip hop. So Carmelo was the suspect. That, that blew my mind. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, hey, he's never going to guess it. No yeah, chance. I, I should have been a cop. But that was good. <laughs> that was very maybe, good. Maybe I'm actually impressed. Watch out, motherfuckers. <laughs> Do you feel lucky, punk? Hey, I, I, I won't lie. When I heard that, because I straight away had easy E vibes when I heard the, the beat of Carmella's, right? You know, cruising mm-hmm. down the street in my 6 4. Because if you um, were like going to play Enzo's theme from MLW, I'd be pissed. <laughs> no, 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 no. No way. I thought there's no way you would have figured it out. But I, I think Carmella's new theme is banging, dude. I love it. I would bang Carmella too. <laughs> Did you I see mean, the guy uh, with the money bottle? Yeah. <laughs> Did you yeah. see what happened when she was walking out, by the way? Yes. How ba- I felt bad for her, dude. <laughs> wow. She wants that. I, uh, thought- I don't know, man. She looked a bit... Uh, I don't know. Did they, what, I mean... Does she not... She knows who she is. I mean, she's she's completely self-aware well no of course and I, th- I actually like that she's got this confidence about it but um because but yeah i mean not to be confident about <laughs> no, no no like she's pretty assertive you know assertive for someone like i mean when you think about it she should be down the pecking order in many ways right but there's something about her that she you know she can hold herself i think she doesn't get enough credit sometimes dude in other words i know you love carmella you my permission to marry like her. her. No, no, no. I just love her, her theme, dude. <laughs> you just want to, you just, just like her as a friend. You're going to put her in the friend zone. <laughs> Shut up. Jim. She's, she's no, no put me on the spot. She's no, Okada she's, she's, last she's no offspray. All right. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. Okay. She might have a banging freaking track, but it's cool. that's about it. <laughs> okay. Corey, you can go back to sleep. No, no fear tonight. That's it. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I thought, you no know what, I can do something with that. Too. No, but so I took the track and I'm like, I'm going to fuck around with that shit, you know, on my DJ decks. And yeah, I, d- I made that in within five minutes, literally. And it came out really well. I was like, damn. That's, well, I guessed it within one minute. So, yeah. You motherfucker, I really didn't think you would. I, I thought, you're way you're off. Cool. You're not you're even cool. hot right now. I'm thinking you're way cold. But anyway, let's give the uh, blood and guts results and then we'll take it. We'll, you know, it's a wrap pretty much. Let's do uh, it. Dante we, Martin won everything. Dante Martin won everything, including um, everything. But anyway, our first matchup was Orange Cassidy versus Ethan Page. Not much to say here other than Ethan Page got friggin' uh, pretty much destroyed by Orange Cassidy. Uh, then we get Luchasaurus destroying Serpentico. And like I said, I'm not going to go into what exactly happened. If you want to know that, Dark check out Luchasaurus. The Exactly, dark Luchasaurus. Anosaurus. You can check out a Painosaurus in my Anosaurus. <laughs> Either way, he's turned he's turned heel with Christian Cage. And like I said, you want to check out what we really think? Check out the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PWC Network. We're fucking right. lying to you now. We're lying. You got you to you listen to the real show if you want the real thoughts. That's right. I mean, hey, we can't do triple reviews, right? I mean, if you really want to know our thoughts, go and check out the review shows. But anyway, 
if you really, really want up. what you really, really want, then you really, really gotta watch the. Uh, you watch? The, you gotta watch? the review shows. The review shows. If you wanna be nice. a lover, oh. be down with our friends. Making love is easy. Friendship never ends. Boy. What? That song's gonna stay in my fucking head what? now. I, I hate you for that. But anyway, Wardlow and Scorpio Sky are set for a street fight next week for the TNT title. We also get an AEW trios match as Max Caster and the Gun Club versus Danhausen and FTR. Uh, guess who wins that? FTR and Danhausen do. We also get Jay Lethal with Ring of Honor death before Dishonor challenges Samoa Joe. We also get a TBS Women's Championship match between Jay Cargill, your champion, versus Layla Gray. And yes, Jay Cargill retains. Um, we also get um, the Young Bucks to give Yoshihashi an opportunity at another potential opportunity, which was on Rampage, which was actually a decent matchup. But uh, our main event for the evening was a Blood and Guts matchup, which is War Games pretty much. Well, the Bucks won. So, so Yoshihashi they isn't getting another uh, opportunity. Yoshihashi's gone straight back to Mario World with mm -hmm. Yoshi. Um, and anyway, Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Blackpool Combat Club. It was a bloodbath. It was chaotic. It was absolutely graphic. And uh, it's either your cup of tea or it's not. But either way, the Blackpool Combat Club end up winning. And uh, that's about it. I mean, it was a decent show, but uh, nothing beats money at the bank for the week, I think. That was the show of the week, in my opinion, still. It was, a, it was a good week in wrestling. We had we had two actually we had two decent pay per views. A lot to talk about. It's rare. Uh, it's Dynamite rare. was good. I thought Rampage was pretty enjoyable. SmackDown was really <laughs> stupid. Um, Raw, yeah. I don't even remember. I don't remember it positively. NXT was fine. So we had a, we had a good week in wrestling. The MLW was unwatchable. Well, you still continue to watch it, though, Jeff. I, don't I know. know. I'm, I'm really close to giving it up. I've given up New Japan strong. So start watching New Japan proper. Oh, no, excuse me. There's zero chance I'm going to do that. So I don't understand. You, you're willing to watch strong, but you, you despise actual New Japan, the real deal, that bad? I don't despise it. I'm just not interested. Oh, it's a and shame. New Japan <laughs> A la 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 long. The That's real cool. inner circle. Yeah, look, check this out. You, you'll laugh. Anyway. Jake Hager in the tennis shirt. <laughs> he looks like a friggin' tennis player anyway. He's such a goof. Well, it's a shame, too, because he is a goof. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he does, he's useless. He's so useless in AEW. But I guess he'll continue to have a job anyway. I mean, yeah. He'll always be licking friggin' Jericho's ass. So why not? Why but in saying that... In saying that, Jeff, let's lick ourselves on out of here. Um, tell them where they can find you, dude. 
Hammerlock Hangover is the wrestling podcast I do that's not with Jimmy, <laughs> with, yeah. with Big Daddy Cool, yeah. Stephen Pena. Though sometimes it's with Jimmy, or sometimes it's someone that sounds like Jimmy. Um, but most of the time it's with Stephen Pena. Garden of Doom and Garden Views are my non-wrestling podcast. Garden Views is more topical and fact-based, policy and legal, but still interesting. And or we try anyhow. And Garden of Doom is a wide panoply, but a lot of esoteric mythology, occult. Uh, history, um, some pop culture thrown in there. So check those out. I think you'll like them. Cool. Well, if you want to follow me, you can on Twitter at DJ Mass Effects and at the PWC Network. I always forget Twitter. Well, go ahead and plug your Twitter. <laughs> at MD if you want to follow me. It's cool. And Evil Dose. Whoops. Well, yeah, Evil Dose at Garden of Doom. It's, that's, that's fine too. But, but, but the one the place where if I'm trying to accumulate followers, if at all, it's at MD. As I was saying, follow me on Twitter also at the PWC Network and DJ Mass Effects. Please like and subscribe right here at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com where you can find the Real Deal shows, where we review all the shows. Also, like and subscribe at channelattitude.com, Hamidia, Hamin Media Group, uh, theblowoffpod.com, PW Hustle, and wherever podcasts are found, you can actually find us there too. In saying that, I'm the big push theory, Jimmy T. He's the gun of Doom Views, Jeff Littman, and you've been listening and watching the PWC Extra right here on the PWC Network. Stay evil, my friends. Cruising down the street in my six four. Cocking the boot. Cocking the boot. Cruising down the street in my six My Cocking the Well, I'm cruising down the street in my tanned panted low. Rising like a tow with foes on my six four. I pull up wool, gripping foes, tipping sitting low. I'm hitting sixteen switches, watch it stop and hit the floor. I'm leaning on the curb, sipping syrup. The girls show me love when they panties hit the floor. I said I'm leaning on the curb, sipping syrup, blowing trouble. I got the six fold hopping, watch it stop and do a show. First I lean with it, then I rock with it. I got a candy apple drop with a Glock in it. First I lean with it, then I rock with it. I got a candy apple drop with a Glock in it. First I lean, then I rock. My job. First I lean, then I rock. I said first I lean with it, then I rock with it. I got a candy apple drop with a Glock in it. Because I'm cruising down the street in my six four. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my six four. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my six four. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my six four. Docking the boot. I'm known for slamming Cadillac goes Coming down on the candy with them swingers and them bows But I got love for the West Coast So I suppose I'ma head out to Cali The land of the low lows Touchdown in LAX and I don't need no car Robert Gino picked me up with the bud and the ball In the hood I'm a star, so to the hood I'ma go With Mike Jones and Snoop Dogg And they already know that I get love from the B's Love from the C's Mexican, Asian, and Samoa OGs Throw it up when they see me and holla, hey, bun When I'm coming out of Soul Assassin, grade one You might see me out Long Beach or maybe Pasadena Inglewood, I.E. or West Covina Or Southside riding with the homie Big Tune Car hopping, top dropping, so get a key room When I'm cruising down the street in my 6 4 Rocking the boot, rocking the boot Cruising down the street in my 6 4 Rocking the boot, rocking the boot Cruising down the street
bitch fall. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my. Snoop Dogg. We big Snoop Dogg in a yellow pair of With two girlies in the back in they crib blue bikini. Shaking and they jumping cause the deuce keep bouncing. Tipping, whipping, the ass steady dipping. Candy paint dripping, then the exos what I'm sipping as I shake like a dice game. Cold as the ice age. Mike Jones, rocking like a Rolling Stone. And Snoop Dogg going boop up to the bone. Yeah, the Cali boys, we love them low lows. And real car club members bang they logos. And take photos, see everything is fine. I'm in the 64 or 60 tray of 59. I love my car, like I love my wife. See, low riding ain't a sport, it's a way of life. On the real though, I tell you how I feel though. If you see me in the fall, quick be real slow. Yeah. Cruising down the street and my six fall. Docking the boot, docking the boot. Cruising down the street and my six fall. Docking the boot, docking the boot. Cruising down the street and my six fall. Docking the boot, docking the boot. Cruising down the street and my yeah, man. Let me explain something to you one time, man. Low riding is not a sport. It's a way of life. It's like building a car from scratch. You understand me? You got to put the fresh paint on it. You got to put the mustard and mayonnaise. That's the tires. You understand me? You got to put the chrome on it or the gold on it. You understand me? It got to be a hundred spokes or better. You dig? And you got to drop the tops. You got to put the switches on the motherfucker. You definitely got to have a beat. And when you hit the streets, you got to have a freak. You know what I'm saying? One on the side, two on the pizza. That's how it's got to go down, man. That's real low ride. You understand me? From a West Coast motherfucking cheap, man. We bouncing, we slipping, we tipping, we dipping, we dodging the motherfucking pigs all the while while we doing this motherfucking gangster style. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just cruising. Cruising down the street in my six fall. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my six fall. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my six fall. Docking the boot. Docking the boot. Cruising down the street in my PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.